The essence of being a disciple of the Good Shepherd is hearing his voice, recognizing it, and loving it. We have in today's Mass two readings from St. John. The second reading from the first letter, and then a reading from the Holy Gospel. And they talk about two different senses. We heard in the first letter of St. John about the sight, seeing God. It transforms us. We'll come back to that in a moment. In the Holy Gospel, though, we heard about hearing. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, Christ said. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice. They will hear my voice. Throughout the Gospel of John, what are the qualities that are associated with being a true, a good disciple of Jesus? It's being responsive to his call. It's hearing his voice, being docile to what he's asking. The true disciple hears Christ calling him, drops everything, and responds with what? Trust and confidence. Trust and confidence that mirrors, that reflects Jesus' complete trust and confidence in the Father. Just as the Father and I are one, so too do I call you to be one with me. So throughout the gospel, we hear about witnesses. Why witnesses? Because we hear the testimony of witnesses and we believe. Faith cometh by hearing. And so the foundation of our faith is to hear, to listen, to believe. The disciple is one who hears the voice, the voice of others, the voice of the apostles, ultimately, stretching all the way to the very voice of Jesus himself, the voice that calls, that says, come, follow me. The voice that tells us who he truly is. The voice that says, I am the resurrection and the life. The real source of great sorrow in human life is the inability to trust in God's promises. The inability to have confidence that what he has said, he will be faithful to. And Jesus' response to this is to always respond with who he is and with what he does for us, with laying down his life for the sheep. Fulfilled most of all in the crucifixion, 
and pledged in the resurrection. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, for he loves them with the Father's own love. It matters a great deal that we have trust and confidence in God. Now you might say, of course, absolutely. Why would I be sitting here at 10-something in the morning if I didn't have trust and confidence in God? But as every one of us knows, it's when the moment of suffering and crisis hits. It's when the moment of fear strikes. It's when that terror grips that it's hardest to hear the voice. It's most difficult to discern what God is saying. And so, the process of being a disciple, the path of following Jesus, is to become habituated to hear that voice, to become the sheep that always instinctively knows what the shepherd's voice sounds like, so that at the very bleakest and darkest moment, when everything else is causing you to not be able to hear it, it can break through the din, and you can recognize the voice, and your faith might be strong. It's striking to consider what happens right after this gospel passage we just heard, at least in the next chapter. It's the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Martha and Mary, two of Jesus' closest friends, and Lazarus, another one of his closest friends. Think of the expectation. Surely, Lord, you will come in his illness and save him. Surely you will be there. And yet he dies. Imagine, imagine how difficult it would have been to hear what Jesus had to say, to hear his voice, to hear the words of trust and confidence. And it's understandable to put ourselves in the position of Martha meeting Christ on the road and say, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. How much more important is it how much more essential is it to be able to hear him, to be able to know, I am the resurrection and the life. Not just a promise, but an identity. Jesus gives us himself because he sacrificed himself. And that's why the Good Shepherd exceeds all the old messianic expectations. The Good Shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. And that's why, as we suffer, and as we go through our own trials, ultimately, our vocation as Christians 
is to become the sort of disciples who can always hear him, who can always figure out his voice amidst all the others. But it's tough. It's tough. Because hearing without seeing is still unstable. It isn't firmly fixed. And that's why we have the promise of the second reading. Hearing desires that fulfillment of sight. When we hear the voice, we look around and we want to see the speaker. The second reading that we heard talks about seeing God as he is. And it's why we use the phrase, the beatific vision in heaven. Seeing God as he is. Hearing yields to sight. Yields to the sight that transforms us. That fulfills all of the promise that the voice gave. All of the promise that the hearing of faith issued during our lives. It's a sight that changes us, that makes us like what we are seeing, that enables us to become like God, that renders us incurably, unutterably happy because our hearts are finally resting in that perfect and complete union of action That is being with God. We use the phrase rest in peace. But what is rest for the will? It means nothing less than being most fully alive. Being most fully ourselves. Being most fully who we were made to be. Taken together, these two readings, these two passages, Give us a portrait of what the disciple was made to be. Along the way, we suffer. And we strain to hear. We walk in the darkness, but we have the light of faith. But it reaches the fulfillment in sight. Seeing God as he is. And it's that that ultimately gives meaning and fulfillment to all that we undergo now and to all that we wait for. It's that, ultimately, that is the measure and mark of what we choose and of what we become. As we think about what God has called us to be, of why he asks us to undergo the sufferings and the losses that mark our lives, and why he calls us to take up our crosses and to do great things in his name. And sometimes, even just small things, but done with great love for him. We know that it's because true disciples respond with the love that they have been given. A love that exceeds the measure that they could have ever given their own from themselves. 
We love because we've first been loved. It's the great lesson of the gospel. And it's the great treasure of the good shepherd who feeds us with himself and who calls us to an utterable joy in heaven.